What's good, family? It's your boy, Just Blaze, host of the best NBA pod in the game, Above the Rim. Keep it locked each week and join myself and a special guest as we tackle the latest rumblings in the league. If it's happening in the NBA, you know I got you covered. Make sure you subscribe on all platforms and leave that five-star review. Let's get it. With taking a day at a time, where should this Lakers team end up by the end of the year? Exactly where we want to. Which is? Where we want to be. Where do you want to be? Taking it a day at a time. <laughs> but if once you add up all those days, where can you end up? The future. Fair. You're going to move the calendar there. But the future, let's say April through June, April through May, where should the ceiling be for this group? The ceiling? I don't know. I'm not sure. That's, that's not up for me. I'm not an analysis. I'm not a you know, stat chaser or uh, critic. Yep. You know, so... Um, like I said, we're here to do one job, which is work, sacrifice, and take it a day at a time. My uncle had magic. My older brother had Kobe. I have LeBron. He's brought me nothing. A change needs to happen right now. Get bus out here. They're too incompetent for this city, and we don't want it anymore. Talk about it. You are now tuned in to Above the Rim. Family, 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 welcome, welcome to another edition of Above the Rim, episode 95, brought to you as always by your honorable host, Justin, aka Just Blaze, and joining me this week, family, brought some fresh, some new blood for the family, here to chop it up, host of the Why Not Sports Podcast, it's a dope show, make sure y'all go check that out, straight out of Houston, Texas, Texas. My boy, D. Murph. What's good, brother? Jay, hey, man. First off, thank you for having me, man. I'm good, man. I'm excited to be a part of the best NBA pod in the game. So let's get it, man. Oh, talk about <laughs> it. Talk about it, brother. <laughs> I appreciate, appreciate yeah, the kind words, man. I appreciate you coming through, by the way. I know uh, it's rough, man. It's a Monday night. Appreciate you giving me your time, dog. Everybody got to work, man. Hey, but again, when it comes to the opportunity and fellowshipping with another brother, then it's about hoops. Mm. I'm a former a baller myself. Mm. Hey, man, it's all day, man. Trust me. That's what Ends I- and out. Let's go. <laughs> That's what I like to hear, man, for for sure. Um, so, family, you can find Above the Rim anywhere you listen to podcasts, whether that be iTunes, Stitcher, Google, Spotify, YouTube, lineups.com as well. To get in contact with me, Always hit me up, follow me on Twitter at JustBlaze underscore 513. That's J-U-S-B-L-A-Z-E underscore 513. IG is JustBlaze513. Facebook search Above the Rim Podcast. Email the show as well, Above the Rim NBA Podcast at gmail.com. Call up to talk about it line. You already know. Feedback, questions, concerns. You want to yell at me? You want to yell at D Murph for what he's got to say in this episode? Let me know. 908-718-1592. And um, D. Murph, brother, where can the family find you? Well, they can find. Well, if y'all got something to say, yeah, hit me up because I, I, <laughs> this, this is what I live for. I li- that lets me know you are listening. So if you give me that feedback, yes. positive, negatively, it don't matter. That lets me know you're listening. Yes. So to reach me, you can reach me on Twitter as well as Instagram at it's D. Murph and email me it's D. Murph at yahoo.com. And uh, like Jay said, you can find the show. Wherever you consume your podcast and for why not sports, um, just to give you a good 30 second uh, bio about it yes, is talks about the good, 
bad and the ugly of sports and how it impacts your everyday life. Like I told you just a minute or two ago, I was a D1 baller. I still can do, I can hoop, but half court only. And <laughs> Come on, you can run a full brother. Come I mean, on. <laughs> I mean, every once in a while, now I got a wife and four kids. So a lot of no. my time and energy is toward them. Patrick, you and these, man. All <laughs> <laughs> right. And also, I've been able to make that transition successfully mm-hmm. to the real world. And if it wasn't for things that I learned as an athlete, I don't think I would have been here today as far as working hard, being able to be disciplined, working with different people, different ethnicities mm-hmm. for that one common goal. And I'll just put all that together like in this melting pot and boom, here come Why Not Sports with yours truly. Mm, there it is. Here come Why Not Sports. Family, you heard him. Make sure you go check that show out. Make sure you subscribe to that. Make sure you download that. That's the homie family right there D. Murph out of Texas make sure you go check that out why not sports hey yes sir um yeah man so it's a lot of shit happening in the NBA right now once again it's crazy and we're mm-hmm. gonna touch on everything pretty much a lot of things in, <clears throat> excuse me in this episode but I gotta talk about my city first D. Murph I gotta Ooh. talk about the Knicks right now because uh man I gotta tell you <laughs> Here, what what day was the draft for a lot of? Was that Wednesday or Thursday? It was either Wednesday or Thursday last week. Oh, it was Thursday. Thursday, Thursday. Um, the city was on fire. <laughs> it was on fire the draft lottery night because I swear, every Nick fan I spoke to, there's a lot of Nick fans in my job. There's a lot of Nick fans that I talk to on a daily basis. A lot of the homies and Nick fans, and it was all just it's happening tonight's the night. It's happening. Trust me. Come on, man. The number one pick is here tonight. We we find out, right? And then it was only countdown. And then, actually, ESPN is really grimy for that, too, because they went to a commercial after the fifth pick and left the top four picks. So it was between the Lakers, the Knicks, it was the Grizzlies, and um, the New Orleans Pelicans. And And even me, I saw the top four. I said, there's no way the Knicks and the Lakers are going to uh, get the um, un- one of them are not going to get the one or the second the first or the second pick it has to happen it has to happen for the NBA for the league for the business for popularity it's got to happen so I'm actually rooting for the Knicks and damn fourth pick goes to the Lakers third pick goes to the Knicks and I couldn't help but laugh D-Murph I'm not going to lie and I just felt the anguish the screams the cries in the streets for the Knicks yeah, getting the number three pick, man. And it was um it was uh it was interesting to uh to hear. And I heard a lot of Knicks fans, they were screaming, they were mad. But I'm trying to tell them, D Murph, it's not that bad. I mean, it's not what you wanted, but is it really that bad? A number three pick, probably getting RJ Barrett as your number three pick. What were your thoughts when you found out New York was getting number three, the third pick, after tanking the whole season, and it was tanking for Zion. Oh, yeah. To answer your question, that's the reason why you shouldn't tank, because Mm. just like, again, I'm in the real world, you can't tank and still expect to get results. Mm-hmm. It's just that's just law. So, so when they tanked and got third, I laughed. <laughs> Those Zion tattoos that some of the people in the city or fans of his got saying, you know, he was going to be a Nick. <sighs> you, you, 
whole day. That way your money was well spent or you got a tattoo. But <laughs> I will say this. <laughs> it's still a top three pick. It's a lot of moves that can be made with that number three pick. Mm-hmm. You got the free agent market, which is, as you clearly know, the rumors Funny. with the KDs, the Kyries, some other valuable uh, uh, members in the NBA is considering uh, New York. But to have that third pick, man, is, is basically saying, hey, the new system that the commissioner Silver, Adam Silver got is, hey, you can't tank. You pay to play. Mm. You pay to play to win. So hopefully that message is for the league now. Hey, don't tank. Do the best you can because you can end up tanking, quote unquote, and then you're still not the number one pick. Then what? So, but RJ Barrett, uh, how you feeling about him? How you feeling? Is he worthy of the number three pick? Let's start there. Uh, and this is my oh, uh, hesitation. This, my DM about to blow up right now. Murph, you don't know sports. I, I, I think RJ Barrett is not worthy of the number three pick. I Ooh, think the spicy. If, 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 if they were to keep that pick and select anybody mm-hmm. on the Knicks, expect him to come overseas like the Porzingis because they still <laughs> feel in, they are still feeling them effects. I don't want any Slava Medvedenko's being drafted in the top three picks, okay? None of those. It cannot happen in New York. Jay, I'm just telling you how it goes, man. <laughs> they still trying to fill that void of having that European ball player yeah. also expanding their quote-unquote name across the world. Listen, it's, it's, it would be very Nick-like. To bomb this pick right here, the number three pick. <laughs> Very Nick-like, but I'm hoping under new regime, uh, Steve Mills, Scott Perry, James Dolan, yep. the cancer is still there. We know that yep. is the problem, but he's still there. But we are hoping, and we're well. I'm not saying we like I'm a Nick fan. Nick fans are hoping and praying <laughs> <laughs> that um that Dolan is nowhere near the process and yeah. I feel like if you do draft RJ which probably most likely the most likely scenario will happen to me Correct. personally I don't feel like it's that big of a loss obviously it's not ideal because you're obviously trying to get Zion or John Moran would be a lovely consolation prize but RJ yes. is, is 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 solid a lot of people not me in particular but a lot of people call him the best best player with the best tools in the draft. He's 6'7", 200 pounds. He could play the two. He could play three. He's a solid mm-hmm. scorer. I believe he averaged, what, 22 and 7 last year for Duke. Um, he's a lefty, Canadian. But um, yep. can he really handle New York City? I'm not sure, Murph. I'm not going to mm-hmm. lie. I'm not 100% sure. He's a little mild-mannered right now. I know he wants to play here, but... Can he handle it? That remains to be seen. But honestly, we probably can say that for a lot of young guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to add to that, if they were to sign RJ, what? how would he fit in? Mm. What would be his initial impact? Because if you, again, you're talking about bringing heavy hitter free agents, at least two, yes. to your city. What type of... How would he feel coming from Duke, playing a lot, now becoming a Nick and not getting the ball or not getting the notoriety or the publicity, mm-hmm. knowing that now they got two agents 
that's coming in, taking all your shine. Is he mentally, like you said, is he ready for that? And then if he do come in, the Knicks fans going to want something instant and fast. For yeah. A hundred percent. They want immediate, immediate impact for 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 RJ. And and like you said, if they do bring in two max free agents, like which is the Knicks dream to bring in two max free agents, is right. RJ, is he going to fit with those free agents? Does he fit with a KD and a Kyrie and a, and a RJ Barrett? Does he? Because he is a scorer. Mm-hmm. And let me say this uh, about him. His game reminds me of, of Rodney Hood, man. Mm. If I, if I would have put his style of play, his size, I say, I say Rodney Hood, who currently plays for the Portland Trailblazers. Mm-hmm. That's my comparison. Mm. Okay. Well, if he's a number three pick, he's better hope that he's better than Rodney. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> I tell you that right now, man. And um, so with with the Knicks getting the the number three pick, there's a lot of um scenarios, a lot of rumors out there about them potentially trading that third pick to the Pelicans, who got the number one pick, um, for Anthony Davis. And the Pelicans are on the market for trading Anthony Davis because they pretty much have to because he requested a trade. Zion, they're going to draft number one, obviously. So, Murph, I'm going to ask you, so if you're the Pelicans and you're David Griffin, you got AD there, do you feel like you have to trade AD or will you trade AD? What what would be your your decision about trading Anthony Davis now with, obviously, you drafting Zion first? Trade him. Mm. Trade him. Trade him. If... I'm going to bring up where you work at or any environment where you spend a lot of time. Mm-hmm. You don't want no cancer or you don't want to be associated with somebody that don't want to be around. Mm. He clearly spoke that. Even Alvin Gentry, the head coach, was even like, yo, you're not going to play the third and fourth quarter or maybe some of these games because we want your stock value to go up so he won't hear you know, the naysayers and the other people like, yo, you know, he hurt. Now he got to stay when he didn't want to stay. So I would I would shop him and see what type of talent you can get in return. Mm. You still got Julius Randle. You still got uh, Drew Holiday. You still got uh, Etoine Moore. So if you do go with that Zion and just maybe a, a couple of veteran players to go along with it, you you'll be you'll be all right starting off. Yeah, I mean I mean you know I I was looking on the net and I was looking at some like trade packages that people uh, that teams would be throwing off for of AD and and I mean they're interesting. I'm not so I'm gonna throw some out here. You tell me if if you're the Pelicans, which one would you take or which one do you do like in general for for AD? So. Um, one of them here is the Celtics. They'll be offering Tatum, Brown, Smart, some picks. Raptors, uh, Siakam, Lowry, Ananobi, and picks, which, nah. The Knicks, RJ, the number three pick. Uh, Mitchell Robinson, which I, hopefully they don't give up. Knox, Dennis Smith Jr., the French killer, French Kriller, uh, Natila Kina. The Nets, D'Angelo mm-hmm. Russell, Harris. Jared Allen and some picks. The Lakers, Ball, Ingram, Kuz, Hart, and the number four pick. What do you think about those uh, trade scenarios for for AD? If I was AD, I wouldn't even want to touch foot in LA. 
Period. That's <laughs> LA. I know we're going to talk about them. This and for those Lakers fans listening to me right now, you Crazy. just heard Magic a few weeks before that. It was uh, the, the people was protesting. It's a lot going on in LA. I don't want no part of that. Now, D'Angelo Russell, he's still he's still immature. Don't want that. Again, you want to bring people that's going to rep your franchise to the fullest. Mm. I'm, I'm eliminating that. Kyle Lowry, <laughs> I don't know which Lowry going to show. The regular season all-star, quote-unquote caliber Lowry or the playoff Lowry that for the past three or four years, ah, crapshoot. Oh, I don't want that. It's going to be decompressing Lowry. It's going to be him. <laughs> it's going to be decompressing. So <laughs> right. So I'm eliminating them three. So now we got the Boston Celtics. Mm. I'm like, okay. We're going to send him to the East. Mm. So we ain't got to face him. Mm. And we bringing in the Tatums, who with Kyrie was the MVP of that team, in my personal opinion. He dunked on LeBron. And I thought that was the making of a superstar after that play, mm. after that series, even though they took that L. In this past season, I was like, it was Kyrie. He, he, they just didn't. It was, it was only one ball, and and, and obviously they didn't mesh well because he wasn't balling. He didn't have that same uh, sense of urgency. Then same with Jalen Brown. So I, I, I would say the Celtics, man. If I were to make that move, I'm having him go to the other conference, and I'm bringing in two or three young. Mm experience less than three-year ball players that are offensively and defensively sound mm. and can and, and versatile when it comes to you know playing multiple positions mm. I, listen that's you made some great points i'm not gonna lie the best the the i'm not gonna lie the sexiest piece out of all of those uh uh trade rumors is is a talent like jason T jason tatum because he is probably mm -hmm. <clears throat> him or Ingram, I would say. Probably the two best, obviously, probably the two best young guys um, in that, yes, in those packages. I mean, D'Angelo Russell, I've never been a crazy fan. I'm over here in Brooklyn. I, I like D'Angelo Russell. He, 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 he's all right. He's all right. You get what I'm saying? I think he's had a great season. But to me, I'm not putting my franchise in a D'Angelo Russell, even though he would be pairing with a Zion, with a, with a, 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 a Drew Holiday if they keep him, whatever the case may be. But... I want a little bit more for AD if it's for my franchise stall. So yep. um, I'm not going to lie. I would be intrigued with RJ Barrett with, with getting that Knicks pick. I'm not going to lie because I, I believe since Zion has already had reservations about coming to New Orleans, and you already, you've yep. heard rumblings of him not being happy. It might make him a little bit happier to bring his Duke teammate along with them. And then they grow their careers together. And maybe you can pitch to them. Listen, you guys can grow up together like how Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, James Harden grew together. Steph Curry, mm -hmm. Clay Thompson, Draymond grew together. You can start right. something like right. that with a Kevin Knox or somebody else you want to bring in. So I feel like that would be attractive or intriguing to Zion to make him feel more comfortable in New Orleans. What do you think about that? Yeah, and, and I'm glad. And I didn't bring that up because it was like... <laughs> Let them let, let let them grow up. Like, mm -hmm. okay, are the are they doing this to be comfortable with Zion, or they're trying to? Are they rebuilding? Like, with bringing in RJ, what direction are they going? Yeah. It, well, we got we got to find that out. And and 
Speaking of, we might as well talk about Zion as a whole right now, what we feel about his talent and his impact, because he's obviously is the the prize of this um, draft. Some people calling him a generational talent. Some are calling him, you know, all, calling him a perennial all-star. Some have him as a solid rotational piece. Some people think he's going to be a bust. Who knows? I mean, there's a lot of different yeah. opinions, D-Murph, about, about Zion. And I feel like it's a little all over the place, but... Um, he did give you 23 and 9 in college. He shot 70% yeah. for the floor. He used 6'7. He's yeah. short, but he's a big body, 285. Um, he's got ridiculous hops, nice scorer, yeah. great finisher, mm-hmm. great rebounder, coast to coast ability, which I love, D Barf. Gotta have that coast to coast ability, especially if you're a, if you're a big boy down there, down there in the in the paint. And um very yeah. Charles Barkley, Larry Johnson reminiscent. Um, so what are your thoughts on on Zion, his talent? Do you view him and what do you what do you what would you categorize him as or see his ceiling as being in the league? Watching Zion, and I didn't really pay attention in detail until the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. I said I'm gonna stop what I'm doing, especially for my listeners as well, because they gave me that they asked me that same question. And first off, I said they were not going to win at all. <laughs> number number two. I'm like, how is he under pressure? Mm. And when I watch the games, I'm comparing his jump shot to a Ben Simmons. Mm. Right. If I'm defending him, and a lot of these teams did that, they gave him room to shoot. They did. Because as soon as he get the ball on the wing, he's driving. Yes. And he's going left. Or he'll fake right and go left. He's coming back to that left. But if you didn't get there fast enough, yeah, he's going to finish to the rim and or dunk on you. But to, to answer your question, yes, he has the athleticism. He has the size. He has the strength. Mentally, is he ready for them long games? Is he ready for other men and or coaches to get on him to see if he can elevate to be that go-to man? Because as the number one pick, your expectation is to come in immediately and lead the team. Yes. I don't think he has. And if he does go to New Orleans, he has to rely on a Drew Holiday mm. and hope he build a good relationship with his guards. So obviously, without your guards, who has you the ball? That's the inside tip of, for, for those out there that's big looking for some some scoring points from, from the inside. <laughs> rely on your guards. They're going to come through for you. But then also, man... In the league, boys can shoot. Mm-hmm. And if you, except for Giannis, but it took Giannis how many years to get to what he does to where he really don't need to shoot three or four years. Yeah, and he still has to get it, too. He still gets into trouble because he doesn't have a jumper. Aha! Mm-hmm. Same with Zion Williamson at this current state mm-hmm. of his gameplay because I- he's not... Mm-hmm. Confident, at least in my eyes, in shooting that that jump. That that's some great points. I I definitely agree with you there. See, I'm more. I'm trying to give him how I look at him is. I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt, right? But until I do see him in the league, because number one, you made some great points. Um, two, I feel like you know how he's dominating those dudes 
body wise, body wise, mm. mass wise. He's muscling those those boys in, in in college. In the NBA, he's not really muscling anybody like that. So that to me is going to be off the table once he gets in the mm. league. Um, so those drives that he's doing, he still he probably will draw a lot of fouls maybe that way because I'm assuming they're just going to bump him and you know the league is soft right now anyway, so they're going to come yeah. foul. Oh. But um, I think two things that I think he needs to to he needs to have to be effective number one and that's it goes into your point he definitely has to have a point guard or distributing point guard in order to help him get some easy buckets because i feel Mm -hmm. like he's gonna struggle especially if he's caught in isolation isolation plays or anything like that he's gonna struggle because and this goes to my third point because he doesn't have a fadeaway jumper since he's uh-huh. a short forward, he's a Larry Johnson type, a six seven, Charles Barkley six five, whatever, whatever he was. He there since he has a big body. Certain people are gonna expect him to post, maybe if he has yep. somebody a little bit slimmer than him on him. And to me, like I said, he can't muscle any. I mean, he can probably muscle a little, but not muscling you enough where you're gonna get in the get to the lane and dunk, get into the paint and dunk. So to me, in order for him to be effective, so he can open up the lane. I feel like he's got to get a little fadeaway jumper from the post. He's got to. Mm-hmm. He's have to find out or, or figure out a way to get that. And, and I guess that goes in time, DeMarv, because you know everybody uh, uh, gains their skill or, or, or they learn skills throughout the summer. So do you feel like he can be... I, I would say this. How many years do you think it will take him to be an all-star in NBA? To be honest, man, the NBA right now is made of how many seats you can fill. Mm. And and because of that, he can be an all-star within two to three years. Hmm. Hmm. They're going to make a way. Now, the first two years, we got the the rookie versus sophomores. Mm -hmm. So that's a guaranteed all-star weekend event. Then USA versus, you know, the, out of the you know of the other countries, but you don't think he could? Uh, get you off first the world. He could. He could. He, it's a possibility. You, but that's why I say train is out of control. Yeah, yeah, right, right, <laughs> right, 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 right. But if the it's just like anything in this world, it's all a politics. Just say, yeah. and they're gonna make sure he be he. he they're gonna make sure his piece. Unless he's hurt, they're going to make sure he's participating in the All-Star weekend. Now, as far as the All-Star game, like I said, three to four years, I I, I believe okay. he, 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 he'll he be an All-Star. Okay. But it's going it's to it's, it's be it's not going to be like a, oh man, he's the number one vote-getter as far as numbers wise. It's kind of like well, let me rephrase. He's going to get there. It won't be because the people not voting for him. Yeah. It's just going to be like you said. It's kind of like you, we need Zion. We need to fill more seats in, oh, you know, regardless. You know that hype train is a hell of a drug, man. Listen, it might work. Yeah. <laughs> G. Wade and Dirk Nowinski was all-stars. Exactly. And uh, Luka Doncic, oh damn near, damn near was an all-star this year. Come on. So if they, if they want you to be in an all-star game, guess what? You're going to be in an all-star game. <laughs> you better believe it. <laughs> damn sure. Um, yeah, so listen, man, it's gonna be an interesting draft, man, and, and I'm excited. It's gonna be a lot of hype on that too. We know that for sure. Um, yeah. So yeah, so Lakerland, D. Murph, you alluded to it earlier, man. Uh, he said he didn't know 
AD wants to be a part of that wild, crazy train that's going over there in LA because it is right now. It's wild. It's out of control. Um, Today, we got a nice nugget. We got a couple of nuggets of information. The Magic Man, Magic Johnson, went on first take this morning with Stephen A and those boys talking spicy this morning. And I'm not going to lie. I'm not mad at it, D-Murph. I'm not mad at it at all. Um, I'm aiming this episode is is like functional dysfunction, I might call it. <laughs> I can see that. dysfunction because we talked about the Knicks. We talked about the Lakers. The two franchises <laughs> who love the dysfunction, I tell you. Um, so Magic, he he went on first take today. He was calling out Rob Kalinka. He had a, a lot of things to say. So let's before we get into it, we might as well play the clip of uh, Magic talking about giving a, a little nugget of his piece about what happened going over there in L.A. Does Magic Johnson feel betrayed? And if so, by whom? Well, you know, I think if you're going to talk about betrayal, it's only with Rob. But again... I had to look inside myself, right? But I had been doing that for months because I didn't like that Tim Harris was too involved in in basketball. He's supposed to run the Laker business, but he was trying to come over to our side. Jeannie's got to stop that, right? You got to stop people from having those voices, Molly, you talked about. It's too many people at the table. Mm And so what happens, everybody gets to share their opinion. And, and it's so much information coming at her that then when I say, hey, we have to do this, she can't make a decision because they said, no, don't go the way magic go. You should go Other left. Other people already got right. to her. Exactly. Her mind, yeah. so, so her love for those people and respect for those people often caused us to not make the right choice or there's no decision, Max. And so I said, listen, we, you can't run a corporation like this. You can't have everybody think that they can have a voice or opinion about the final decision. That was supposed to be me as the president having that final say. Yeah, man. So that was uh, Magic Johnson talking about um, how he felt betrayed, backstabbed by Rob Palenka. You talking behind his back in the organization. He didn't have the... Uh, power that he thought he would have being the president of basketball ops so d murph man um magic johnson he said uh he said twitter on fire he he said things ablaze today uh uh talking about his time over there as uh president of basketball operations for the lakers so what were your thoughts when you heard all this magic shit that went down man i'm glad he spoke up for himself Mm. because the magic johnson that the league knows the world knows is that he's he's the, he's the big homie. Like he'd go to your game, he'd sign autographs. He always about his business, whether it's his uh, movie theaters and just trying to help other people. You know, have a very successful life on and off the court because he he knows the game and he's also an entrepreneur. He does a lot of things behind the scenes for the community. And when he said about the backstabbers and for old genie just letting people dictate the decisions like he's I feel like you was already there she has a lot to play in this part because 
if she truly quote unquote respect him, she would have not listened to what they've said. Talk to the president of operations and say, hey, I just want you to know this is what I'm here because I brought you in to, for the, to be our president. I just want you to know I'm, I'm here with the best for this organization. But because she didn't do that, she like, oh, I'm not gonna, I, I'm, I'm gonna leave. And also, they're not even bringing nobody as a successor mm-hmm. to replace him. Yes. So that further lets me know that anybody can make the decisions. The Rambuses, Kurt Rambus and his wife just, you know what, pick him because he were my favorite number in college. I don't know what's going on. And the backstabbing, this is a business. The association is a business. It's politics. But for Jeannie Buss to let people that didn't have an impact for that city, for that organization, like a Magic Johnson, not have no say-so, but give him the title, I feel some type of way with that. It's kind of like that shut up and dribble. Hey, just be glad you got a ball. Hey, just be glad you got this title mm. and let us do what we do. You know what I mean? So, it, I, I'm Magic put it well. He 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 spoke very well of the situation, and like he said, hey, ain't no love lost. I just know I can't rock with y'all like that, but I'll still come and support LeBron and helping him win a, a championship. He said that well, and knowing Magic and the connections he's established, he gonna make sure the Lakers get a push to help him succeed while he in LA. Yeah, definitely. Um, <clears throat> I definitely agree that. Listen, I'm not mad at Magic at all for this. I applaud yeah. what Magic did today. Mm-hmm. Listen, you can't let these people out here create the story for you. You might as well go in there and t- talk to yourself. T- there there yeah. had to be a real and a, a real important reason and a major reason as to why you would just abruptly step down like that in, in the manner that right. you did. So... We knew it was something that was happening. Huh? <laughs> like that meme. I ain't gonna be here. <laughs> I'm not gonna be here. <laughs> exactly. So the way he the way he stepped down, so I knew something was happening. I said, shit. I knew it's gonna come out eventually. And I'm glad he he yeah. talked about it because I agree with him. Listen, you can't give me the title, president of basketball ops. Make uh, allow me to take all of the blame for what's going on with the with, with the Lakers franchise. We had one of the they've had the 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 most losses I believe in the last five years or something like that. The franchise right. is in turmoil. They're trying to rebuild the franchise for the fans' sake, and you also need the fans' approval, the fans' backing. You're trying to appease everybody. Is quote unquote being run as a family business you gave me this title you asked me to reconstruct this roster you asked me to bring free agents in bring us back to prominence i delivered one of them for you allow me to cook allow me to do what i need to do allow me to make the decisions that i need to make but i i didn't like but i i like that about what he was doing but i like that he also brought up brought up about um rob palenka that he was the one that who he felt was backstabbing him in the organization, yep. which is also a real thing. I mean, not to not to say that it's not a part of the business that people talk behind your back. People always are always gunning for your spot. I understand those things like that happen, and I'm not saying he was affected in the the most significant way by it. Magic, when he was talking today, he said he understood that that's what happens in business, but he already said that he told Rob that he was grooming him for the job. 
in about two more years. That he was only going to have the job for about three years, four years, because he has other things to do. And he's grooming him for this role. So listen, man, just let's rebuild this together. Do the damn thing. And in three years, two years, or whatever the case may be, you're, you're the president of basketball ops. Because you can't go from agent to president of basketball ops just like that. It's just not going to yep. work that way. So yep. I feel like Jeannie Buss should have also stepped in or intervened a little bit more yep. as well. And she should also take a, some blame for this dysfunction as well. That's... Yeah. Yep, that's real. Yeah, definitely. That's... And he... he Magic, he, I mean, he said a lot of shit in this interview, Murphy. Yeah, he's he, good, man. Yeah, he he, he said, uh, and also, which I knew, which was a big thing, was that he was trying to fire Luke Walton. And that was one of the major issues there as well, because I was one of the people who I felt like, who who felt that uh, Luke Walton, I didn't feel like he was the right coach for this team. I didn't feel like he was the right coach for LeBron or what they were trying to accomplish this year. It definitely had to have been a playoff berth. And it was a fail that they didn't make the playoffs. Murph, did you think the Lakers weren't going to make the playoffs this year? That's unacceptable. Especially when they started so strong. They, they were third in the West or fourth in the West at Christmas time. I'm, they in there. They're going to be a shoe in. Yeah. As soon as LeBron, you know, was hurt, man, changed the whole dynamic of the, the season and that organization. Exactly. Exactly. And... That, that to me, I mean, th- there was a lot of going on. See, there was a lot that was going wrong with LeBron as a whole and, and his leadership. He definitely could have uh, did better leadership-wise this season. And I didn't like how the trade rumors and all of that stuff came out. Well, it was so public and the, the youngsters were affected by that. But to me, that I, I was never a big fan of that narrative that the the young guys were affected by the trade rumors because I feel like they got to grow up sometime somehow and right. it's, it's a business, right. Murph. You know, you know these young guys are going to be in trade rumors. You got to learn how to play through that. How how tough are you? Yep. Zion Williamson. That's mark what you just said. That's what Zion Williamson. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be ready to overcome the rumors and people whispering this and you not sure. Are you still going to perform? Yeah, 100%. Still going to give it off. It's, 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 it's you brought be- up something too, brother. Mm-hmm. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. You brought up something about cooking. Mm-hmm. Give Magic that time to cook. When you cook anything, is it instant? Never. Thank you. I just, I just want to. I feel like I'm a, a defendant, <laughs> but yeah, to cook it takes time. You can't say after one year, all right, da, 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 you you're not giving us what we want, and yeah, no. Give them like Magic said, two, three, or four years. That's all I need. Definitely. And then I can go, ahead and go back to my life as just you know the Magic Man. The Magic but no. Man. <laughs> I, I just you know what like, I mean. Yeah, nah, I, I agree. I feel like he. Because Magic, because Magic is Magic, Magic Johnson, and he is a prominent figure, um, a cultural icon, it's very easy to scapegoat him for everything, for everything that's going on if you're not getting the results that you want. No one's really going to uh, uh, pick on Rob Palenka because you know why? People don't really know who he is. They know him as Kobe's agent, but that's it. The casual fan doesn't know who a Rob Palenka is. So they just see Magic as a face and Lakers not making the playoffs. Magic, you're the problem. Which he did mm-hmm. have some issues because as far as roster construction, we know that roster was faulty to begin with, with some right. of the guys that they signed. But he could have done better there. But they were supposed to give him until this summer. Well, he was supposed to last until this summer, but he just said, damn, sure. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> 
I'm not mad. I'm not yeah. mad at him, man. I'm not. What's good, Above the Rim family? Think you know fantasy basketball? You can win money on FanDuel tonight and all through the NBA playoffs. There's only a couple weeks left in the season, family, so don't miss out on your last chance to have some fun and win some money. Draft your fantasy basketball team for tonight's playoff action. It's quick, it's easy, and you can win huge cash prizes. Sign up for FanDuel using promo code LINEUPS and get a $5 bonus with your first deposit. Just visit FanDuel.com or download the FanDuel app, then draft your NBA playoffs team and play for cash. Make sure you use promo code LINEUPS when signing up. Trust me, family. It's worth your while. Yeah, so let's move on to this uh, conference finals right now, D-Murph. Blazers and Warriors. Raptors. Bucks. Bring out the brooms. Oh, you, man. So you've been in a dust spot right there. <laughs> Go ahead and get that too. It's so. It's dope, bro. It, it, listen, man, it, it's crazy. So we might as well go into the Blazers Warriors first, man. Listen, man, one of my takeaways as I'm watching this series, Murph, this is a damn appetizer right here. This is a yeah. damn appetizer. I love the Blazers. Love Dame, love CJ. Both has had phenomenal years. They're just not equipped to hang with Golden State right now, dog, in this series. They're not. Um, I think Golden State is, what, 16-4 and four in their last 20 games against them the past couple of years. They just yeah. have their number, is backcourting his backcourt, but Golden State has the much better backcourt. And, I, I mean, I, I like the Blazers. They had a great season, but I just feel like this is just a little snack for the Warriors. That's all it is, Demer. What, what was your thoughts watching this series? What's your takeaways? Everything you said, man. Experience. Mm-hmm. Experience, experience. Those guys been playing together for at least two years. Championship caliber ball compared to the Trailblazers' first Western Conference appearance since, what, 2000 and what, one? Mm-hmm. Yep. Come on. That's 18 years. Dame and CJ, my dudes. I'll be the first to tell you on 2K, I got the Dame Lillard jump. <laughs> C.J. McCullough, one of the most underrated players in the game right now. That's not an all-star and still don't get that much love. Those Warriors, though, give them another championship. It's really, yeah, the way Dame did Russ is how Steph doing Dame this series. Yeah, and and listen, I, I I actually I knew this was gonna happen, man. Because you know what what the thing is, and why I'm so mad because I'm a Rockets guy. The Houston Rockets is my squad, and yes, sir. they um they really pissed me off because I know they were the team that had the tools. They did to take down Golden State, and I knew that was gonna be the most competitive seed. Excuse me, the most competitive series that the Warriors are going to face um, in this postseason run. And they had a chance. They had the opportunity. And they didn't strike. They didn't strike while the iron is hot. They, they, I'm just so disappointed, but we're not even going to go there because I could go on a, go off on a tangent with them. But yes, sir. The, the thing is that what the Rock, what the Rockets did was that they made Golden State look, dare I say, mortal. I guess in that series, so they look rather, they look like a mortal, a more vulnerable team right now. And at that time, playing the Rockets because they had the horses and they had a bunch of grown men on that roster to be physical with them. The the Blazers, they just not equipped to handle the nope. offensive scheme of Golden State. Nope. They 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 just not. Seth is giving you a light thirty six and six. He's not even working that hard for that thirty six. I'm not even gonna lie, not working that hard. <coughs> giving a slight twenty three. Go ahead, D Murph. 
Uh, what did he do in game six? First half, zero. 30, second half, what? I'm 30, just speaking. And my co-host, shout out to my dog, everybody's dog, Big Roy, Roy Boy, turned up, bro. <laughs> He's a Rockets fan. Love them. We go back and forth. And I'm going to ask you, how are you in the East Coast a Rockets fan? Houston Rockets at that. Chris Paul is my guy. Okay. CP. So All right. I'm a oh, big fan of those boys. Mm-hmm. Is he going to become uh, a Rocket again this offseason? Yes. They're not moving him. They're not moving him. Okay. Okay. He means Look so at much. You can't, go, can't quantify. Can't quantify Chris Ball's impact and stats. I know a lot of people are ranking on him right now because his contract is 34 years old, but yes, he's sir. a legendary point guard. And you got to allow he, him to playmake as well. Dan Tony. <laughs> Jesus. I, <laughs> it, Dan Tony is not the right coach to give a team with that much talent an opportunity to win a championship. Look at his history. He'll, he, he's a great guard coach in the regular season. Mm-hmm. Look what he did with Steve Nash. Look what he did when he was with the Lakers with those guards. Look what he's doing now with the Rockets with those guards. All-stars, breaking all type of records, shooting threes. Oh, man, D'Antonio, great. The playoffs come. It's easy to guard those players because, one, no one is really, especially this current team, you you got to figure out a, a system or offensively to where you can free up James Harden so where he don't have to dribble as much. Yeah, he should as be well playing as, off ball. Hey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Should be, he should be playing a lot uh, off ball a lot more, and and Chris Paul should be handling more of the more of the point guard duties, and they shouldn't oh, rely so on isolation as much. But that's typical Dan Tony doesn't know how to adjust. Stubborn, plays seven guys doing the same shit he's been doing over and over year after year, hey. pissing me oh. off year after year. Copy that. <laughs> it's a it's a sign of Frank Vogel probably been a better outcome. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, so back to this uh, uh, Blazers and Warriors, Warriors series, man. Um, Dame, he's got to give me more than twenty points tonight. Game four right now is is is, is hopefully is not a sweep. I want to see it at least go five. Damn, at least give me a sweep. They said he his thumb or his hand was hurt. Well, he has uh, oh Dame, yeah. he has some separated ribs. They were saying. Yeah, well, he was holding his hand last game. Yeah, yeah. Then they were saying his ribs. He's been playing with a you know a broken rib since game two. Mm-hmm. But um, I hear that. And um, but he still got to give more. He got to give more than twenty, and if they want to win the series, he could give twenty, and they'll just lose. That's what they're doing right now. He's got to give more than twenty. CJ's got to give more than twenty. Those, though, they have to give you twenty-five plus because you can't rely on the role players to give you more on the Blazers. And like I said, man, the Warriors are just too much for the Blazers right now. They're they're, they're, they're just too much, and KD is just sitting resting that calf, Achilles, whatever it is. Huh? And Boogie Cousins, yes. and him. Uh, so, what do you think about what do you think about KD and and um, his free agency? If the Warriors do eventually go on and win a title, if they if they, of course they're gonna advance to the finals. But if they do get past the Bucks or the Raptors, whatever it is, so if they do win a title, do you feel like that affects KD's free agency in in any way or the narrative around his free agency? Cha-ching! Mm. I came to Golden State to do what? Mm. Win championships. I got it now. Mm-hmm. I was an MVP caliber player, one of the best scorers up until my first ever championship. Now I got them. Now let me get back to how I used to play. 
I just, I just, I just want the shoe deals and some publicity that I've never had. Because now I'm forever a champion. I think, I think he should go. Mm. I agree. Now, mm-hmm. side, keep winning championships. Yes, but it's gonna get boring. I 100% agree. Um, well, he's he's got to leave to me. I think I feel like he made up his mind already. Well, he should have made up his mind already. And this is just evidence right here that they didn't miss a beat. That team already won 73 games without you. Already won yep. a title without you. So yep. keep it real, Katie. You're never going to get the love that you want and which you deserve because you are exactly. a top two player in the league. So you deserve that love. And yep. You got to go to another franchise to get it, man. Let us appreciate you a little bit more. You get what I'm saying? But we're not appreciating KD's greatness because we're all a little tight of him for joining the Warriors and stacking the deck. So I want to appreciate you a little bit more, KD. Go ahead. Go, yep. go to another franchise to do your thing. Saying? Very well put, sir. Yeah. Thanks. That's all. So <laughs> <laughs> I needed yeah. um, Bucks and Raptors. Eastern Conference Finals. Um... Another intriguing, which is actually a very good series, mono e mono series. I, I I knew this was gonna be a great series. D Murph coming um coming into this because it was a battle of the small forwards. You got Giannis, you got Kawhi. Um, one of the takeaways for me as I've been watching this series, um, I'm gonna go on the Buck side here for my takeaway. Um, Giannis, I feel like. He still struggles to close out games. He still struggles at times in in tight games, tight playoff games. Um, He had this problem last year a little bit when they were playing against the Celtics. And I do see him a few times running into that in this playoffs. But the difference is that Bucks have been winning by such wide of a margin, a margin that he hasn't been in as many close games as he should have in this playoffs. And last game, he only had 12 points. He had 23 rebounds on Monster 23. But um, what I'm noticing that he didn't even want to take over the game in game three at, at down the stretch, even though it went to double overtime. And I didn't like that. I didn't like what I saw from Giannis. I felt like he was a little timid. He was a little tentative. And to me, he didn't he didn't want it. He was giving it up to George Hill, giving it up to Brogdon, which is okay. He's making the right play, but I need to see him want it right now. It's the conference finals. I need to see you take the game instead of allowing someone else to win it for you, in my mind, D. Murph. I agree. That's why he's not my MVP mm. for the NBA for 2018-2019 season. Because when it's time to put up, here, George Hill, <laughs> here, Bledsoe, here, Middleton. Hey, you can shoot better than me. I guess why I, 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 that jump shot is a crutch. When it's time to make it count, what's your signature move? Mm. Like you said, work on like with Zion. Work on that turnaround fadeaway. You already seven foot and you can jump. Who's going to block it? Nobody. Nobody with that length. Not at all. He, he, he does, but you see, even even if he doesn't have the jump shot, he has to want it, though, Murph. You get what I'm saying? Like, I didn't see him... He's not being aggressive. Exactly. Right. He wasn't aggressive enough down the stretch. Like you said, he was giving it to George Hill. George Hill was playing in double overtime in the fourth quarter over Bledsoe, <laughs> mind you, right. which was interesting. Um, Experience. Yeah, and and what I'm seeing with the Bucks' offense, when I look at them, I'm seeing a lot of 
driving kicks is all that yep. I'm noticing. I'm noticing their whole offense is driving kicks. It's not... They run some plays, don't get me wrong, but a lot of their possessions are really just driving kick. Brogdon driving and kicking. Giannis driving and kicking to a three-point shooter. Middleton driving and kicking. Bledsoe driving and kicking. That's yep. all I'm seeing, which is not bad, by the way, but when you do that for the entire game, you can see how they can struggle down the stretch late in games when people aren't allowing you to drive by them that easily and you're a little fatigued yep. yourself. So I feel like they got to broaden that um, late game execution, I should say, D-Murph. They need to broaden that for the Bucks, man. That's good stuff, man. Anybody that's an MVP, they got a signature move. They have plays to where you know under... F- under five seconds, who gonna get the ball? Mm-hmm. On the Bucks, uh, yeah, Giannis is the most talented, but it's a again we gonna flip a coin and see who gonna be the person who shoot the last shot. Yeah, you know, you know, you know who I'm impressed by on the Bucks, man. Um, Malcolm Brogdon. I've been watching him this, this series, man. He's been good throughout the regular season, but. I'm I'm Malcolm Brogdon is such a good player. I, I feel like he was rookie of the year a few years ago. Yeah. So yeah, he's and good. people yeah. Were, people were playing him though. They were saying it was the worst yeah. rookie of the year ever. They were saying that he won it by yeah. default that year. So, but I still I still don't feel like he gets um, enough credit for right. how he plays. He 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 can get to the rack, man. If you do notice, and he had that clutch bucket on Kawhi at the end of the game too. Yeah. So I got to give him love. And speaking of Kawhi, how you feeling about Kawhi in uh, this series, in this playoffs as a whole, man? The claw. I'm a Spurs <laughs> fan. Look at my oh, bio. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Look at my bio. I'm a Spurs fan. Him and Danny Green. Mm. Hey, man, hey, just it is what it is. But the claw right now, the best player on both ends of the court as a whole. What he did to Philadelphia, he broke that team up. That's why Joel Embiid was crying like that. Because he knows that that team is about to be disassembled. Yes. Somebody's about to leave, whether it's Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris, and or Jimmy Butler. Mm-hmm. One of them, if not two, going to be gone. So mark my words. I here on oh. Rim, episode 9-5. Yes, I said, sir. <laughs> you know yes, what sir. I mean? Hey, hey, uh, are you mad? So since you're a Spurs fan, are you uh, are you mad at Kawhi for uh, wanting out like how uh, Skip and a lot of other Spurs fans? Are you, are you upset with him? Absolutely not, because you got to do what's best for you. Mm. If because I live and that's one thing I love. So for those like Merv, you you do sound like you're born because you like Spurs. You're right, but you still listen. So I appreciate that. <laughs> the Spurs are about their business. Mm. Whatever we do. It's not about what we do off the court. It's about what we do on that court. Mm. You're going to respect us. We're born, but you respect us and you know who we are. So that's why I've always liked the Spurs. Yeah. And like I told you, I did go to Texas A&M, which is only a few hours away. Mm. So that was another thing. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm definitely a Spurs fan. (laughs) But just leaving like he did was perfect. Like I said with KD. You won championships. You was defensive player of the year. You was finals MVP. What else is there to prove? The team is getting older. It was a great run. Now, while you're still in your prime, see what you can do. See if you really got that dog that these people like, ah, he's just a systematic player. Now he's with Toronto doing the damn thing. And people are, oh, man, now his stock is rising for this offseason. It surely is. 
Oh yeah, it, def- it it definitely is. Um, listen, he's he's giving you thirty two in this series. The whole playoffs he's been balling. I would say he's the first or second best player throughout this entire playoffs. Probably Thank the first. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So regardless that he wears New Balances, <laughs> hey, 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 he's Come still about on, to be man. on somebody's team. And if Kyle Lowry keep playing like he playing, uh, oh, you're definitely out of there. Hey, Kyle, I th- I came because of you. Thinking, hey, I got another all-star point guard similar to what I play with with Ginobili and Parker. I'm used to all-star guards, mm-hmm. but you didn't perform as an all-star caliber guard. I'm about to go. Yeah, I showed y'all what I can do. I need a help. Ibaka didn't come through. Sakium, he was still up and down. Marcus all, well, yeah, it's about that time. And just, yeah, Drake, hey, bro, thank you for featuring me on your album that one track. And then I'm gone. He going back to the crib, man. Whether it's the Clippers or the Lakers, he out of there. Yeah, man. Listen, first, if he does, if he does decide to stay, he's got to. Well, they've got to get rid of Kyle Lowry. To me, that's got to be the the selling point for the GM yep. for, uh, uh, to keep Kawhi. Is it's, it's got to be a hundred percent. He's got to find a way to move Kyle Lowry off, throw a pick in there to get rid of him, something because Kawhi has to have a better number two and a better number three in order for him to stay, along with the other stuff going in Toronto. Because you know he he loves the that LA life, and I'm not mad at that. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm not mad at that at all. Um, yeah. So, uh, family, it's time for the, the crossover segment. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. D Murph. My brother, crossover segment. Uh, I'll be throwing out play comparisons from different eras. You act as GM, D. Murphy. You tell me who you would take out of the two in their primes if you was building a team. Perfect. Yes, sir. So let me give you these choices here. First up, got some interesting Before you ones. start, before you start, before yeah. you start, let me let me put my GM. The big homie, D. Murph, got to put his GM hat on now. So, <laughs> all right, I'm all right, ready now. It's fitted. It's, I'm ready now. Let's go. Yes, sir. Put that on. So first up. Uh, both on the table. You taking a prime, Nick Van Axel, Nick the Quick, or a prime, Isaiah Thomas, Boston Celtics, Isaiah Thomas, not Detroit Pistons, Isaiah Thomas. Let me give you the career stats. Nick Van Axel, Nick the Quick, 14 points per game, two rebounds, six assists, zero blocks, zero steals, 40% from the floor, one-time All-Star for his career. Isaiah Thomas, IT2. Career average is 18 points per game, two rebounds, five assists, 43% from the floor, two-time All-Star. You got Nick the Quick, Prime Nick the Quick on the table. You got Prime Isaiah Thomas on the table. D-Murph building the squad. Who you taking, brother? That's a very good question. I And Nick the Quick, mm. just because it's Nick the Quick, I'm going with Nick the Quick. Forget the stats. Look at who was on his team. Look who was on his team. Mm. Not the Denver Nuggets, Nick the Quick. No. We talking about when he was with them Lakers. Mm-hmm. He had other people that he had to give the ball to, or he just had to be ready to shoot that thing. And I like shooters. In my era, if you can shoot, and he was quick with it, I'm, I'm, I'm going Nick the Quick. And, and for those like Merv, why not Isaiah Thomas? You smoking. <laughs> I'm going to tell y'all why I would pick Isaiah Thomas. Tell me why. The first thing. And I'm not biased or I'm being prejudiced. It's his height. Mm. Well, they both too- small. They, Nick, but, Nick but was like, what, 5'10", probably, 5'11". Nick, they, if I'm not mistaken, Nick was about 6'2", 6'3". Yeah, I, be, I thought he was like 5'11", 6'0". 
Uh, hold up. Uh, I feel like I'm on doing my show. Let me look it up for those who listen to like, Merv, you do that on your show. I, I got to look it up. Nick the quick type. Because I'm looking like, yo, you going to get post up in the paint. I at least need some type of a defensive presence. Mm-hmm. So that would be the, the, the biggest thing of why I would go Nick to quit just because of hype. Mm, okay, let me look. If up, I right. had to decide the deciding factor, I'm not six one, six young, six right. one. They got him listed at six one. So it is what five nine, five eight, something yep, like that. Yep, yep. Them inches, hey big dog, hey in the game of basketball. Mm-hmm. If you play two K, you do. Hey, every single inch add up, big dog. Trust me. <laughs> I'm just saying. So they I, do. They I, do. <laughs> come on. I'm just being real for my listeners. Yes, this grown man. I, I I pay attention to the small details, but also Nick the Quick. He was quick. He could shoot. I think you put him on a a championship caliber team. Again, goes to the experience. Mm. Listen, I, dog. He used to the limelight. Mm-hmm. Not Thomas. I don't think he handled it. Because I mean, look at him now. Well, he hand, he handled the limelight well in Boston because it was being fed to him. It was being fed to him on, on a silver platter. He His usage was high. Um, so with this, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to agree with you, man. I'm, I'm going Nick the Quick here as well. But I'm not going to say it's as bad as you were saying where if some people pick Isaiah Thomas because they can, you know what they can say, Murph? They can go off his one MVP year when he did average 28 in a season and I'm not yeah. mad at that because it's you know how you know how hard it is to score in the league and it's hard oh, to get 28 points a night especially yeah. at 5'9 yeah. especially with yeah, the contact no, yeah Dude, and then his sister passed and he balled out mm-hmm. I'm not knocking him you said Nick knew how to create his own shot mm-hmm. it have to be he knew other guys could score, but he still averaged over double figures. Yeah. With that simple talent around him, especially when he was in LA. Yeah. And he he's he's always had a diminished role as well. Isaiah Thomas, he's had he's had that great MVP year because he was the focal point of that offense. Never in Absolutely. his career was Nick Van Axel the focal point of his offense of the offense of, the, of those Laker teams. But I believe Eldon Campbell was on them teams, Eddie Jones, I think, at that time. So, yeah. um, and he was an integral piece when he went to Dallas. He was a great bench scorer when he went to Dallas. And I can talk about that again. Championship. Did I say championship experience? Yes. Okay. All right. I just don't have <laughs> yeah. and, and it's true because, and a lot of people just sleep on Nick the Quick as a whole because he doesn't get mentioned with some of the, the best guards. Um, in league history, man, because he could get to the rack. His handle was out of control. He'd get to the rack with ease. Passing was on point. Had a jumper. I mean, his percentages was bad because he took some wild shots, but he 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 was a little erratic at times. But you got to show Nick the Quick some love. So I'm going with Nick the Quick, man. There it is, Nick the Quick. What up, big homie? Hey, we see, man. Trust me, we getting mad love here on the butt of the rim. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, next up, both of these boys on the table. You taking a prime? Chris Bosh, CB4, or a prime Lamar Odom. Let me give you the career stats. Chris Bosh, 19 points per game, eight rebounds, two assists, one block, 49% from the floor, two-time champ, 11-time All-Star for his career. LO, 13 points per game, eight rebounds, three assists, um, zero blocks, zero steals, 46% from the floor, two-time champ, and a six-time All-Star for his career. D. Murph, you got Chris Bosh or you got Lamar Odom, bro? Dog. Lamar Odom, man. Mm. Again, one of the first lefties at his size mm. that can do, do. He can shoot. 
He can pass. He can post up. And look what type of team he played on. And he still produced mm. and was effective when he was with that Lakers ball club. And he was effective with Miami. He was effective with the Clippers, too. Um, listen, man, I agree. We two for two today, B-Murph. Dude. Two. When I was when I was watching these, and I appreciate that, dog, because I'm all about the person, like, similar to you, as I can tell. It's about the ones that don't get the notoriety because mm. the media, they got numbers. We going about it as far as impact and what you bring to the game and, and your opponent. Ask some people, who's your brother guard? Chris Bosh, who's going to just be right there in the corner? Or Lamar Odom, who just got the rebound and who is pushing it? And you don't know if he's going to go coast to coast, if he's going to kick it. Like, yo, I, I wouldn't want to guard Lamar Odom. I feel more comfortable guarding Bosh. I'm out there in the three-point line waiting for him to get it. Word. Lamar. Because Lamar, he was so versatile, man. And that's why, honestly, I'm so upset with Lamar, older man. Because he really could have been so special if he really applied himself properly. But also, when he did get... Oh, he, he did apply himself. Yeah. It was, <clears throat> it was for the women out there, big dog. Oh, you know that. <laughs> you know that. Oh, he applied himself, Ball but it control. went to the game. <laughs> For sure, and and he did he did accept that six man role in L A. nicely with Phil Jackson in there. But okay. if Lamar, think about Lamar Odom playing right now, prime Lamar Odom, and a lot of people compare him to Ben Simmons. To me, I'm taking Lamar Odom over Ben Simmons any day of the week. Also, way you shoot. <laughs> Lamar Odom can shoot exactly. I'm taking him any day. To, I, Lamar Odom right now would probably average a triple double in the league right He's, now. Yep, I agree. Yeah, like like 100%. And I think he can definitely be the focal point of an offense right now in the league. I think the first or the second option, 100%, I think, Lamar Odom. And I think he would be putting up a 19, 10, and 10, those kind of numbers, 20, 10, and 10, because he was dynamic and he was special. And he just didn't, he wasn't the focal point of any of his teams as Chris Bosh was in Toronto. He took a step back in Miami, we know. But he, and... Chris Bosh was a phenomenal power forward. Don't get me wrong. Absolutely. I like the versatility. Give me versatility with Lamar. All day. And I got a disclaimer because I don't select these great NBA talents. It's not a knock against them, but my dog Jay, the host of Above the Rim podcast, asked me with my GM hat, where would I go? So I want to make sure the listeners, I want them to just, I want to refer that to them just in case they forgot. Oh, yes. It's who you would take building a team. Thank Not who got the best Thank accomplishments, none of that. Thank you. <laughs> yep. uh, them listen, listen, big dog, trust me. I'm ready. My DM, I, I, when it's show out, I'm, I'm DMs and emails. I'm already, I'm sure I'm ready for y'all. I'm going to follow up with you. Word. Listen, I always get an angry voicemail, an angry tweet. There's always something about something that I said on here. I'm used to it every day. They're going to come after you yes, too, D-Murph. Sir. <laughs> sir, I'm ready. I've been doing it three years, baby. I'm ready. I, I, I got stories for you. That's for the next episode, y'all. I promise. <laughs> I hear you, man. For sure, for sure. Um, yeah, man, before we get on out of here, man, give uh, tell the people where they can find um, Why Not Sports, man. Where can they find your show, dog? Well, first of all, man, again, thank you for having me. I had a great time. Hopefully, your listeners were able to uh, enjoy the show as well and give you some some feedback. But to reach me on social media, just Twitter and Instagram right now, at it's Demurph, I-T-S-D-M-U-R-P-H. You can also 
show on most platforms wherever you listen to podcasts and also you can email me email me if you don't feel comfortable with social media email me is gmurfayyahoo.com like I said why not sports I talk about the good bad and the ugly of sports and how it impacts your everyday life it is a weekly show and it's a dudes like you big dog being able to collaborate ain't no beef it's all love and it is fun to be on the other end so no I appreciate man for real definitely Matt listen dog I appreciate you coming uh joining me uh on this episode man it is it, it's great to chop it up with some new people man and and you definitely got to come back on for another episode man for real I, you know what i'm gonna do Just, yeah, man this is what i do and likewise yeah. don't get it twisted yo you like, gotta have me on why not dog i gotta be there oh come on it's coming right. as soon as we get done <laughs> we gonna we gonna make something shake yes sir yes sir and and we, I'm, I'm gonna have a nice um spurs centric episode for you, man. Yeah. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, yeah but I had some Spurs talk, man. So yeah, family. Uh, appreciate you joining me, D Murph, man. It was a pleasure, dog. It, it was it was a good time, brother. No, no doubt, man. Appreciate you having me. Of course, man. So family, that's above the rim episode 95. And we out.